from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Another day, another Locked On Chiefs, and another big move to talk about. And we are taking one more risk that we're recording at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday because this is just too big to wait on. So if something else comes up, folks, you know the drill. You'll hear something else from us later. But uh, Chris and I are... About to go through the ups, downs, ins, outs, and everything that we can take away from the Eric Berry release. Uh, the two most tenured defenders on this roster are now out of Kansas City. Um, I won't be surprised if they end up together somewhere in ATL, but that's just my thought. But um, check out Chiefs Digest for all the updates and all the impacts. And Chris will probably have an opinion over there somewhere. Uh, check out RGR for me. I'll do something soon, I swear. So, Chris... Um, Little surprised that this came now when they had till Friday. Um, does it surprise you at all that Eric Berry's just been outright released? No. And I say that because to me, the team played this like it was going to be something that, uh, they had to make a move they had to make. You look at what Eric Berry has meant to this franchise and I, he was one of my favorite players for the Chiefs of all time. Uh, he's up there probably with Derek Thomas when I was a little kid. The problem is, is that he put them in a horrible situation last year. They felt he could play. He didn't feel he could play. And I'm not trying to put that all on the player. I get not feeling comfortable and feeling like you can't be yourself. Uh, but I just think once that happened last year, the Chiefs weren't going to have anything to do with having an opportunity to have that happen this year. And yes, I get that this didn't happen until Friday, but I, really honestly don't believe that there was going to be somebody that was going to be willing to trade for his contract. So to me, uh, I appreciate that they're moving on. They're giving him an opportunity to go find a job now. And uh, they appreciate what he's given to this team. And obviously with Ford and Houston gone, they were wanting to completely change the identity of the defense. And that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, and we can talk about that in a minute. And you're absolutely right. Changing the defense is definitely at the core of this. but. I even put it on Twitter. There's something flawed here, and I don't just mean the the release of Eric Berry. This is one of those days where I'm not terribly emotional about a team anymore. Uh, I'm still a fan, somewhat, uh, particularly uh, of certain players. But you know, this is this is the difference between me and, and what a lot of people's reaction is. I'm not upset that he got released because I agree with you. Uh, there are certain things that you just can't take chances on. What I'm concerned about is. You put it out there at the combine that he's healthy. You he get have no a pushback from him. No, just hear me out. Okay. You, you, you don't outright lie to people because that will come back to bite you. So you got to think that the team, like they said late in last season, feels like he's healthy. After the release today, his camp is saying he intends to play. He's going to play. He's healthy enough to play. So the two sides of this argument, both consider him ready to play. And if that's the case, and you just have reached an impasse in your relationship, and I think that's actually at the core of what this comes down to, but if that's the case, and you both feel he's ready to play, you either have to power through it, or you have to get something in return. And you know John Dorsey's going to give you something for him. That rumor came out this morning. It might not have been a lot, but it would have been something. The problem that I have with this is the outright release where you're taking cap casualty and you're literally getting nothing in return for an all pro player uh, that supposedly on both sides agree is healthy. Well, 
And that's, I understand where you're coming from and I get what you're saying. And maybe John Dorsey would have given him something, but Kansas city is of the opinion that they were going to get something of value. So they uh, released him. Uh, they can't win in this situation because if you trade him for anything less than what you think is fair compensation for an all pro player, then you're going to have people complaining that you didn't trade him for enough. If you release him, like a lot of people have wanted, uh, you know, you're going to get people complaining that you didn't trade him. Uh, they can't win in this situation. And I understand what you're saying. And I get that it stinks that they had to get rid of an all pro player. And I hope that Eric Berry comes back and he's able to play and he's able to play well, uh, over the next couple of years. And maybe he can be a hall of famer in, uh, the NFL eventually. Uh, but at this point they had to move on and this is something that they should have done last year when they, not necessarily getting rid of Barry last year, but this is part of what I think they really wanted to do last year was clean house. And if they would have done it last year, they wouldn't necessarily be in the situation that they're in right now. But with the way it played out, they kind of had to do what they had to do. And they're going in a completely different direction. And honestly, I get it. It, it may not be something that the fans like or the fans get right now, but it was a moment that they had to have. And yes, Ford and Houston and Barry are all gone. Your defense is taking a huge uh, change. But let's not forget this was a 31st ranked defense last year. Right. But that has nothing to do with these three players. I had a, that argument holds zero water for me. Well, these that's fine. three it players, hold, it can hold three, three Pro Bowl, three Pro Bowl players, and all you got out of it was one second round pick a year from now. That's not acceptable compensation. Now, maybe it had to happen this way. Like you said, I think, I mean, it definitely had to happen because I think they had lost trust and and maybe, maybe right. Maybe they had to do it now. I personally would have waited until Friday and exhausted every opportunity to get some kind of compensation. Cause like you said, you're never going to make everyone happy, but at least get something out of it. I think the bigger overarching thing that we've seen the last few days is that they have not gotten enough return on, on moves that they had to make, but had ways not to make if, if they really couldn't get anything out of it. And you can make that argument all you want. The argument I will make is that they want a clean slate and they want to start over on defense. And that is what they're doing right now. I understand wanting to try to wait until Friday and see if you can get some kind of compensation, but you're right. You're, but like I said, you're never going to make everybody happy. And you're not going to get anything of value for a guy that's coming off of two injured injury plague seasons. There's not going to be somebody that's going to give you that give you a valuable pick for that type of player. I, I'm not saying that they would have. I'm saying it, John Dorsey would have given you something. A I, number of other teams would have given you something: a fifth, a sixth, I whatever. Doubt it. I don't. Well, the, you, you there's can just not too much pedigree want, there. <laughs> You can say that all all you want, and there's been reports that somebody was interested or that Dorsey was interested in trading for Eric Berry. I don't believe that because they know that the Kansas City wasn't going to pay him on Friday. There would be no reason to give them something. Dorsey can go and pay him whatever he wants now. He doesn't have to take on that contract. I get the, I get wanting to have compensation, but you have three guys that were taking up $40 million cap space for Kansas City this year. And they are saying we need to move in a different direction, and that is what they're doing. Right. And the two things are unrelated, though. 
I that's what I'm trying to agree. tell you. Just because that's the direction you want to go, and I agree, that's the direction you need to go. But especially after having been able to move forward and already release Houston, a player of Barry's stature, if what both parties are saying is true, that he's able to play, you can tough that through one more season and make that work because he has that level of play if they're telling the truth, and it is all on the up and up that he's able to play, and then try to continue to work to get value in a trade. And that makes a whole lot more sense than cutting ties early, even before his his guarantee kicks in, and just cutting ties to cut ties. The only reason, and that's what I want to ask you about when we come back from break, is what is causing all of that. So we'll take our break, folks, and we'll get back to that in a second. We want to say thank you for all of your support through this entire season and want to let you know we will be here all off season for you. This and every episode that we'll be bringing to you are going to be available every week, just like normal, all off season long. So thanks for taking the time. All of you new folks, thanks for leaving your iTunes reviews and everything else. We appreciate your time and keep it locked on Chiefs. So I think I cut you off there. Did you you have something else just before we start talking about this next uh, idea? You can say that both sides feel he can play, but Kansas City probably has no trust that he would actually play. And if that is truly the case, you don't pay him and you tra- and you get rid of him. I, I well, hate and- I hate that, but that is the reality of the situation. They felt he could play all season last year, and he chose not to, according to multiple different reports. If that is truly how they feel, you can't be stuck in a situation where he is choosing whether or not he plays, and you're paying him what you're paying him. And that is the reason they made this decision. And I still yeah, I, don't think they would have gotten anything from him in a trade. And if they did, it would be a sixth or a seventh, and maybe you get that. But I still see that's far-fetched with the amount of money that he still owed on his contract. I agree with you. Trust is what I think is the base problem. That's where this flaw really is. And I think it goes back to how he was treated by Dorsey when he was extended, or more importantly, not extended at first. I, I think there's a lot of animosity that holds over. And you could tell that despite being a new regime, that that was still there. And, and I think when you saw those reports come through, that he it was to the point where he was cleared, the team felt he could play, he thought he couldn't, that that disconnection, is the root of what had to happen today or, in my opinion, in a couple more days. Well, and I'm not I'm not trying to say sit here and say good riddance to Eric Berry because I'm going to miss him as a player. I'm going to miss watching him uh, in a Chiefs uniform. I'm sure he'll still play in the NFL, and I hope he's able to get back to part of what he was. I don't know if he will be able to get back to where he was two years ago. Um, at this point, though, Kansas City is has made a decision to move on from – their defensive coordinator earlier in the offseason and now completely rechange their de- and completely change their defense. And if they're going to to me, you look at all of these moves and in a nutshell, they are telling you they are looking at the long term picture and they are trying to figure out, okay, we know we have certain guys we want to pay. We're going to pay Chris Jones. We're going to pay Tyree Kill. Sounds like they want to pay Kendall Fuller. And they're going to pay him a homes next year. All of that has to come into play when you start looking at cap and what it's going to mean over the next couple of years. They have a lot of things that they're going to have to pay for. And I'm sitting here looking at the over the cap estimates right now with the Eric Berry cut. 
and them t- tendering Jordan Lucas, which was just announced at a sixth round pick, they'll have 42 million in cap space between now and well, as of June 2nd. That doesn't include Tyreen Matthew. That doesn't inc- include the Wilson kid that they signed from Dallas. And I get all that. That doesn't include their draft class, which is going to cost them about $2 million as an early estimate. And they don't get that $9 million until June 2nd. But they have to make all these moves to be able to figure out how are we going to keep all these guys? How are we going to pay all these guys? Because Chris Jones and Tyree Kill are going to eat up cap space this year on most likely just their bonus. If they want to front load a little bit, they could. I don't see them doing that. But next year, with Eric Berry gone now and Justin Houston gone now and not having to pay D Ford, you're sitting at $85 million in cap space. Now, a lot of that's going to be gone based on those two other guys. But we haven't talked about, you know, you don't talk about Sammy Watkins and there's other players that could be gone next year as well. So uh, I fully believe they're looking at a situation where they could try to go and draft a whole bunch of young guys and hope that they're able to extend this open window that they have because they have all these picks that they can go and attack on. And yes, they did well in pass rush last year. But if you look at the NFL, a lot of the offenses are going to short, quick passing games and it is negating pass rush. So the way to combat that is to have more in the secondary. They're starting that with Tyron Matthew. Uh, they have Kendall Fuller. I think that I think various Ward is going to be a starter this year. Uh, and I'm not so sure that they don't go out and make a move. It sounds like Trey Wayans may be available in Minnesota. Oh, good Lord. That would be the culmination of missteps to try and put faith in Trey Wayans, of all people. Well, I'm but just throwing I, I, there, there. there are moves to be made, and they do need to bolster that secondary. That's absolutely correct. I'm just throwing a name out there. I'm not going to say they're going to go get him. I'm just saying he is a he is a former first-round pick, and maybe it's not a good a good pickup for them but it is somebody that they could go get. I'm just saying that I think they're looking and they're going to bolster their secondary and they're going to get pass rush and try to negate the short, quick passing game because that is what killed them all season this year is they couldn't stop people because they couldn't uh, cover them long enough for the pass rush to get there. So all those sacks helped, but they didn't get the job done because people still drove the ball down the field. Right. And to, in order to do that, to stop, especially the, the Tom Brady type, the, you know, two and a half second and, and under passing game, you have to have man corners that are up in front of them, hands on to disrupt routes. Right. And, and that is a wholesale change from what they need to do. So I, I agree with you. They're going to look for the draft. And I think there are moves to be made. I just don't think Trey Williams is one of them, but yes, my, my whole contention is that again, the, my only problem with the release is that you didn't give yourself any help in that in that direction because the, I think honestly in this draft class in particular there are some guys down there on day three that will grow to help you. So th- those this season this draft in particular I think those have a little bit more value than they may have in in years past in order to try to get a guy that can develop into someone who can play s- significant snaps for you. Oh, that's possible. I'm not going to say they're going to be able to fix it all this year. I don't think they're going to, but. You know, Therese has come out and said that they said going into this year that they were planning on uh, getting an edge rusher in the draft. And they're getting they're getting pieces to be able to move up and get an edge rusher in the draft. Uh, Montrez Sweat is not a guy that I think fits this system. Brian Burns is probably not a guy that fits this system. 
Leland Farrell, I think, fits this system, and they may be able to get him in the early 20s. Uh, but they're going to be looking at, I think, maybe defensive end. Maybe they're looking at corner, or maybe they're looking at another safety. They still have money to spend. Uh, and you look at what these contracts with Hill and Ford could, or Hill and Jones could mean. Uh, you know, if you spend 40 million, and I'm not saying this is what they're going to do, but if you spend what, what do you think between the two of them in a bonus, you think 50 million, 60 million between the two of them? Because that's between the two of them, that that's going to be a large chunk of change. I'm trying to think, trying to compare Chris Jones' expected bonus, and you're talking what? Man, it's going to be a significant chunk. But I think Hill's going to be dramatically more. You might be talking sixty million in in guaranteed bonus. Okay, so you take sixty million divided by five, you get twelve. So you're going to take a twelve million cap hit signing those two guys this year because I don't think they're going to change their base salary numbers. That's where I'm going with this whole thing. So you're still thinking that they get, they're attempting to get both of them done right now before the 2019 season? Yeah, I think they do. Okay. Aaron Donald got $40 million as a bonus. So if that's any indication, uh, maybe 60 million is not enough, but the point is it's not going to eat up all the cap space that you have. You still have room to go out and get guys and there are still guys to go out and get, uh, you know, and whether or not we believe Wilson's going to be the guy at linebacker. There's a guy like KJ Wright that you like that's still sitting out there that's 30 years old and could probably be had for, you know, two or three years on a on a pretty decent deal. Um, you know, there's corners out there that I'm not so sure that I love, but with the corner market the way it is, I I don't know that I would feel that bad about them putting eight million dollars on one of the corners that are out there uh, and trying to improve that position. It's possible. There's not many that I'd pay eight. There's a couple I'd pay six, but I think honestly, if you're trying to fix the corner, it's well, going to take maybe, a trade. And maybe that's the way you have to go. Uh, you know, there's, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see how this is a possibility, but there's word that Jalen Ramsey is, is being shopped. I don't see why Kansas City would do that. And if they would, uh, you're going to have to pay him a hefty contract, but I guess I could see why he would be worth it. But the problem is you're going to have to pay Fuller too. So. If you want them both, uh, don't know how that's going to work out. I do think that they're going to, to look at different ways of fixing, uh, this defense. And I still think all this cap space is to be aggressive and figure things out now and get the guys signed that they want to get signed before Mahomes' contract kicks in. Because I was thinking about it and this is something that I was thinking about last night. When you sign Mahomes with two years left, all that's really going to change his, his base salaries probably are going to stay the same. So you're just going to be paying again the proration port part of his bonus. You're not going to be, that's not going to be a 20 or 30 million dollar cap hit in the first two years. Maybe you're adding an additional 10 or 15, but it's not going to be as large as you would normally think for a QB. And that's why you do it now. Right. And in the meantime, you're going to get an, another 10 or 12 right. million. Boost but that's why you do it now as opposed to waiting. So. All of this to me is a bigger culmination of their plan. And I think what they are looking at as a team is they're sitting back and they're saying, okay, we didn't get there. We had a fantastic pass rush, one of the best pass rushes in the NFL last year, and we still had a 31st ranked defense. That tells me that pass rush is not what's going to get it done in the NFL. Pass defense is going to be what gets it done in the NFL and being able to stop the run. And if you're going to do that, you have to change what you have. And if they're able to change what they have 
they don't have to get to a top 15 defense. You get them to bottom or middle 20s, or not even middle 20s, uh, low 20s, 22, 23, that completely changes the look of next season for Kansas City. And their offense is still going to be what they have. They could still go out and sign an offensive player. They certainly could. But right now, and you know what? We'll clean this up after this break, folks. We have a powerful new feed to tell you about. Check out Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. It is all the inside information from our hosts for all the Locked On shows for all of the NFL teams in one Twitter feed. That's LockedOnNFL.net on Twitter. Check that out today. All those things are true, but I'll tell you this right now. Letting Barry go for zero compensation does not help you improve your coverage. That's the bottom line today about this. Okay. And that, then that's your opinion. And I get it. All I'm saying is once the trust is, was broken, I don't think he was ever coming back this year. And if you don't think he's coming back and you don't care to have him on your team because you lost trust, you release him and you give him an opportunity to go sign elsewhere. Because I really don't think that they were going to get anything from him because teams are going to know he's not going to get the 7.25 that he was guaranteed. Yeah, and that may be exactly what happens, but I, either way, it was mismanaged is my point. This should have been handled better so that you at least keep the illusion, and maybe that's all that it was, even at the combine, of a player that still has value in order for you to but they get did value keep the in return. Illusion. They did keep the that's illusion the game. Of, of a player having value. Clearly not. They decided they didn't get anything. So either they messed up that up or they let go too soon. One of the two, either or. There was mistakes made in how they dealt with this situation that I agree with you had come to an end. I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree because I I really don't think that you keep him on the team just to try to get a sixth or seventh round pick for him. Because I don't think somebody's going to give you a sixth or seventh round pick knowing that you have to cut him by Friday. Well, we don't have to worry about it at this point because it's over. Um, And what what they have done with this is, is cleared the way for not only... A change in emphasis, like you said, shifting towards the back of the defense and away from the front, but also new leadership to emerge. And what we saw bringing in Tyron Matthew, spending that money early, uh, I, I think that puts a little bit of emphasis on him, but they also has, still have some work to do. I don't know, even especially with a, what was it, a six-round tender on Jordan Lucas after we started recording, I don't know if that speaks terribly heavily that you feel he can be a replacement for Barry. So I'm interested to see just how much they choose to attack the secondary. Oh, and by, now, uh, by all means, I'm not saying that, that that he can make up for Barry. I, I, I completely agree with you on that 100%. Uh, my big thing is, is I think that they think he can be uh, a valuable piece and maybe the third safety. Uh, we still don't know. I mean, they still could make other moves that so they could, they could release uh, Eric Murray, who would really would free up cap space this year. Uh, they could release um, Xavier Williams. They could release uh, Daniel Sorensen that would give them cap room this year. There's lots of different moves they can make. Um, we'll see whether or not they make any more, and, and I'm not so sure that they don't eventually. Uh, but I, I think at this point, Kansas City's wholesale move to change their defense moving forward got the fast track, and this is what Spagnolo had in mind. This is what Reed had in mind, and – Beach bought in and whether or not you agree with the timing of everything, I understand. But at the same time, 
Kansas City's moving forward, and they have they still have, in my opinion, the best offense in the NFL. They have an opportunity to build on the best offense in the NFL, and they don't need to be great on defense. They just need to be better on defense, and I think they get that just from changing scheme and changing coaches and changing defensive coaches because their defensive coaches, I think, are a lot better than they had in the past. Uh, yeah, and you saw if you missed Therese's piece about D Ford and some of the comments he had to make, it's clear just how saddled the defenders were with the Sutton defense. Even D Ford, who we we probably didn't notice it on the field because it wasn't quite as stark to see on film like you saw with Raglan and Hitchens and the hesitation there, but he called it very cerebral. He called it something that uh, they were at odds with each other quite a bit in terms of coverage versus pass rush and that kind of thing. So I agree with you. The, the A clearer message, a clearer decision on how to attack a, a particular opponent, I think that changes the whole thing for this team. And clearly they, they've made these decisions to make these personnel moves all in mind with where they want to go as a defense so they can field something that can compete with, and I hate to say this out loud, but a team like the uh, Cleveland Browns that are making every move that they possibly can to try and be able to go. Well, and they're going to have to be able to, to do all the moves that they can right now for the Cleveland Browns because you look at what the Cleveland Browns have done and, and they've completely changed their team. The question is how are they going to pay any, everybody in 2021? Um, obviously, they have this two-year window that uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be cheap, Miles Garrett's going to be cheap, and they're set for the next couple of years. But I think they're going to be in a situation – down the road where Dorsey screws up their cap again, like he did with Kansas city. And honestly, you look at the moves that they made today, all these moves were, or most of these moves over the past couple, couple of days have been predicated by John Dorsey and what he did when he was here. Uh, so, you know, you look at the, at Eric Berry being cut, sign him a year late, cost him a bunch of money. Uh, Justin Houston being cut, sign him a year late, cost him a bunch of money. Uh, D Ford, uh, okay, he's mm-hmm. been a good player, and you know, granted, maybe you don't want to pay him the fifteen million. And I get it. Um, so I don't necessarily. Nec- I won't really put that on John Dorsey, but you know, Justin Houston and Eric Berry and those problems are on John Dorsey. And you can complain about Brett Beach all you want, but guess what? John Dorsey's the one that signed them to their contracts, and and granted, he was probably made to do that because uh, I. It sounded like he didn't want to sign Eric Berry long term, right? Well, and here's the bottom line that we find out today. John Dorsey messed this team over twice, not just by spending more money because he didn't sign them early enough, but by now letting them get a year older to the point where they lost their value in terms of the league and they had to release them both rather than trading them off. And I will tell you this right now. If Eric Berry played last year, even just the second half of the season, I fully believe he'd be on this roster right now. Fully believe he'd yeah, be on this roster so. right now, even with the Tyron Matthew signing. I still think that they could have had both those guys for at least this year. But that one thing where he start, he said he wasn't feeling comfortable about playing and didn't play. I really do think that that is, is what caused this. And at the end of the day, I mean, it stinks for Kansas City because you really wish that he could have retired a chief. And I get that, but. I think Kansas City is actually in a different situation now because Kansas City's never had a franchise quarterback. They now have a franchise quarterback, and everything needs to be built around Mahomes and built around how you're going to keep him happy and keeping a team competing year in and year out with Mahomes happy. And that is all being built right now. 
I don't know about keeping well, him happy being the point. You have to have the other side of the equation and have I, a defense that I, can actually I didn't compete. mean keep him happy in that sense. I meant keep him happy as in getting him signed to a long-term deal and making sure that he has offensive players around him that he can actually use and, and benefit from. And I think you can do that if you start building the year or two before you actually know you're going to have to pay him and especially this year and next year and the year after that, when he's still going to technically be on his rookie deal and you're just going to be paying bonus out or bonus proration at that point. That, I mean, that is a huge, that you, you can still have a yeah. great three year window for the next three years with Mahomes as your QB. The salary cap is probably going to be over 200 mm-hmm. million next year. Kansas city is slated to be at 85 million with none of the new deals on it right now. But even if that goes down to 50 million for next year, that's still plenty of cap space uh, to go. So uh, they're they're going to be in a good situation. Uh, and fortunately, like I said, this all these moves were predicated when John Dorsey signed them to their contracts. And it's the unfortunate part of the NFL. And and I wish Eric Berry the best. I wish D Ford the best. And I wish Justin Houston the best. I can't see Justin Houston back here because I've been asked this question on a reduced contract. I do not see it. I don't either. I think that ship has sailed as well. I think the relationships there have been broken, um, partly in due to the Barry thing as well. So I agree with you. I, I don't expect Justin Houston back. Um, and folks, releases. We're not. We're not going to do special episodes for if somebody else gets released. Um, now the big three have been dealt with. Uh, I don't think there's anything that's going to come down to that. If the Chiefs do make a major move. You will get a special uh, emergency pod from us again if there's a trade or something like that. So keep your ears open. Um, We will continue to see what happens as things move along and and they get down to the second tier of players that they probably could bring in. And it seems like they have more work to do. So keep your ears peeled. We'll be back with you tomorrow, if not before, uh, with anything major. And we'll talk to you then. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.